This is the United We Stand podcast from around the Fulham game at Old Trafford. Today's podcast is brought to you by Improve Easy. Improve Easy are helping United fans across the country save money on their energy bills by installing home improvement measures such as free solar panels, free boilers and free insulation. All you need to do is text the word EASY to 60777 to see if you qualify. That's text the word EASY, E-A-S-Y, to 60777 to see if you qualify for government funds. Why not give it a go? You might be missing out. Right, um, welcome back to the latest United We Stand podcast. Um, three hours before kick-off, United are playing Fulham. Um, I'm walking to the ground and uh, I've stopped off at my friend Sam's house, who's a Fulham fan in, in Langworthy. And we're just saying we're surrounded by great ambience of... Is that wallpaper behind us that's been stripped off the wall? Uh, yeah, it's been stripped off, bricks right. on the show. Um, we've got, it looks like a body bag on the floor there, what, what is it? I think it? it's a plastic coating for the table, but right. I, I have no clue to it. I think the house came with it when right. we moved in. We're in the uh, it, yeah. the sort of, I guess, I don't want to call it, slum's the wrong word, we don't like to use that term, but uh, it's uh, I wouldn't put it on the tourist trail, shall we say, of, of Salford. Yeah, like Langwell is not really a spot. It's a bit in between yeah. the background, back of two houses where you just chuck the bins out. Mm. So that really describes the ambiance. Um, I mean, it's got some nice pubs though. I mean, we are uh, regulars in the, the Ashley Brook yeah. over the road. Yeah, a lot of time playing darts there, watching games. But there we go. Um, you are a Fulham fan, which is why I'm speaking to you. I haven't just randomly found someone in Langworthy to chat to. Um, the game today, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I'm not hopeful. We have the 19th worst away form in the league. We don't have Paul Linea in today. And you're on a great run of form. So I reckon it will be tight because we're good defensively. But there's no chance we win that midfield battle. But So I reckon it will be 2-1 to you. Mm. And as, as someone who's like a... A southerner living in Manchester, do you, do you find you sort of welcomed at all or not? Because I know, like, you've chosen quite a, a, a Salfordian place to live. I mean, in terms of locals, are they friendly to you? Yeah, they are. I yeah. haven't really had much stick for being a southerner. In first year, when I first came yeah. up here, I did a bit, but as I've moved on, no one really cares, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, like, in terms of Salford, then, obviously, you're a student. Um, what are your plans like for next year? Do you want to stay here or? Uh, my plan is to go back down to London, yeah. work for a few months so I can save up, just get a deposit on the flat, like move back up. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're obviously enjoying Manchester. I was supposed to chat to you yesterday, which is Friday. Um, <laughs> I got a text from you saying, I'm too hungover to move. Which I think is pretty disgraceful, really. I mean, we're one of the biggest Manchester United fanzines and uh, podcasts, and uh, you turned the opportunity down yesterday, and now you've got in the way of my busy schedule. So I hope, I hope you're uh, you're proud of doing that. Uh yeah. Well, I wasn't lying. I was stuck in bed until like ten yesterday, due to me staying in forty twos until close. But yeah, I mean, I think I think we've all been there. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, Go into detail about what you uh, got up to, but uh, it can't be as bad as um, the time we went to Temple Bar the other week. Which, oh yeah, uh, you, you could you could tell Do the story. Do you want to speak about what happened on the stairs? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, really you, you, you could tell the story if you want. So we're in Temple Bar. It was after we went to a gig at Yes, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a few pints, all of that. Then it was like time to go. I'd like 
three quarters of my pint left. I was like, let's just leave it, James. But it was James's round, so he bought that pint. It's like, no, I fucking paid for it. I'm drinking it. So he just necked the pint. So he left, all of that. Then he, like, runs off, and I don't know where he's gone. As I, like, walk out to up the stairs, there's vomit on the floor at the bottom of the stairs where everyone has to fucking walk through. And the security's just saying, like, what fucking wanker did this then? I didn't know it was James at the point. So we're both chatting shit about this person that vomited all over the bottom of the stairs. And I came out to find James. Just said, just vomited on the bottom of stairs. So, there we go. It's a bit disgraceful. I mean... Yeah, we, we, I think we're allowed to do that in our 20s. I think if you're doing that in, in your, your sort of uh, your 50s and you, you've only got access to your kids twice a week, and I think you've got an issue then. But um, yeah. we've only, we've, I was saying, we've only got like a few months left, basically, and then we all have to get real jobs, which is slightly scary. Yeah, no more messing around, really. Wow. I mean, well, but I mean look, if we, if we were serious, we'd go, right, I've got three months to get a job now, we've got to be serious. Or the other part of me is going, well, I've got three months left of being a student, so I'm just going to go out all the time. Yeah, might as well make the most yeah. of it. As one of our lecturers said before the year started, never turn down a night out no. last year. And if any future, I mean, if, if, yeah, <laughs> if any future employers are listening to this, we are available for work and we, we will show up. We are professional. We are, we'll we are turn professional. Up, we'll work. Yeah. Just like what happens outside of work does not matter. <laughs> it does not reflect us as people. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Sam. Cheers. Right. We're just walking to the ground now. It's an absolutely gorgeous day. Sort of one of those winter slash early spring mornings in Greater Manchester. Kind of feels like the city's at a standstill. Everyone's gravitating towards Old Trafford. The traffic's busy. The trams are packed. Just what a three o'clock kickoff's all about, really. And United should win today. I mean, Fulham, like Sam was saying earlier, they're a good team, but I mean, they're not really as good as United have been in the last few games. And I think in terms of the performances that they've had so far this season, I thought against Luton, yeah, they didn't take some of the chances, but they got the result. I don't think they would have done that a few months ago. There's just a whole new wave of optimism uh, surrounding the football club, which I think something is uh, it's really good to see for the first time in ages. You know, um, I don't want to get too sceptical about the ownership situation just yet because I want to enjoy it. It's the first time in a while I actually feel like I'm able to support my football club. Right, uh, slight detour. I've had to go to a, a computer shop because I've just smashed my phone on the floor and uh, it doesn't work at all. So I'm having to use a computer mouse plugged into my phone to actually press any of the buttons on it. So we'll see how this goes. Um, I'm just glad to be honest that it's uh, it's working because my ticket's on there, which is, I guess, the joy of not having physical tickets anymore. Once your phone dies, kind of screwed. Right, so you can laugh at me if you want. I've just talked, I'm just chatting to you earlier. I've totally smashed my phone. I can see so, that. Uh, yeah. I've got a computer mouse with me. Are you impressed with the perils of modern technology that I can uh, fix this sort of makeshift today? Um, a little bit impressed, but not impressed with you smashing your phone on the way to the ground. <laughs> And having the responsibility of doing the podcast, I'm sure Andy's going to be delighted in your intuition. Though. Anyway, um, you, you do look a dick old in a mouse. Yeah, I know. Stood outside the ground. Um, anyway, um, this is the last time this current mag's on sale. I mean, we've kind of smashed it in terms of sales. I yep. mean, today, um, again, I just can't believe how popular it is because people are just loving it. 
yeah, we've done really well, and, and you know, notoriously, even when the team's not doing great, and and, and winter time, sometimes the sales do dip. Um, but we've been absolutely smashing it for well since September, really, since you know August, September, and Miss Mag included. Uh, I think the cover of this particular mag out, uh, yeah, end of the day, the regulars who buy the mag don't really care what's on the front cover, but you know, sometimes a good cover does uh, does increase sales, and obviously having Cobby on the front. Uh, the way he's been playing recently has uh, certainly improved, uh, you know, improved sales. And we, have, you know, the West Ham game, we smashed it. Hence why we're stood here now with, you know, less than sort of like 60, 70 copies to sell. Yeah, in terms of today, then Fulham, obviously, they're not. Uh, well, I was going to say not a great team, but I mean, United struggled against them before in the past. They're not in a great one of form, but still, I don't think they'll be an easy team to play against today. Well, no, unfortunately, no one's easy to play against in, in our current predicament at the moment. Um, I've got Archie stood with me today, selling before he goes into the ground. Um, he, he's just told me about Polina's um, not playing today. And who else isn't playing? Willian, because he's injured. Willian's injured as well. So they're missing two of their, you know, starting 11. Uh, obviously, we're missing, again, two or three of our starting 11. I spoke to Andy before the West Ham game briefly, and he asked me about finishing top four. And I, pessimistically, maybe, but I said, probably not, only because... We just can't seem to keep the same 11 or 12 players fit, and that's proved again correct with obviously Martinez going off, Luke Shaw out again for God knows how long, and now obviously Rasmus out for two or three weeks. So it's it's not great, it's not great. It worries me obviously who's going to play down the left against City next week. But coming back to um, today today's game, you're right. Who knows? Because you know we, we hung on really against a, a Luton side last week, um, and probably couldn't have argued if that would have ended up two each. Um, and I believe that West, uh, sorry, Fulham haven't won here for 21 years. So when when you hear those types of stats, you know possibly what's what could be on the cards. Yeah, well, I mean <laughs> they got very um, very unlucky last season in the cup against us as well. I think yeah. that Mitrovic them not playing for them this season's had a huge impact on them because for me they just seem to like goals. Yeah, he, he was he was obviously a, a big part of, the, of their success and you know pretty much guaranteed to score you know 15 to 20 league goals a season. So they're definitely missing that. Uh, and, and that's why they've struggled. But you know they're never going to be in a position where they're threatened by relegation. You know, your classic mid-table team, I think. Um, you know, and they always seem to maybe self, maybe you know, the best player or two every season, um, which doesn't help. But that's that's the type of you know club Fulham are. So they'll come here today. You know, I'm sure the team talk will be, you know, don't be afraid, have a go, uh, which is probably what most teams are doing against United nowadays. Uh, we, we have been pretty solid at the back, although you know we give teams a lot of chances, uh, and we've just cre crept over not uh, not goal difference, haven't we? We're on plus one now, so we're, we're not a team full of goals, even when even when Oyland is playing. So that that's the worry, you know, who's going to score one or two goals today if Fulham score one to, yeah. get, to get the three points? Right, Archie, tell us about uh, you've got the new United Stone Roses T-shirt on. Tell us about it. United fans. Um, well, I think it's like nice. Yeah. It's like a good yeah. link up yeah. with, between Everton them. Next one um, so yeah. yeah, I like. See you later. The badge is nice. It's just very nice as a shirt. So you've been selling the mug today. Is it? Is it the first time you've been doing it? Um, yeah, I think right. so. Well, you've done it a few times in the past, stood there in your younger days. But uh, he's come down with me today early. Obviously, uh, just makes it easier. So he's. Uh, He's going to go in the ground probably earlier. So he's not standing here till three o'clock. <laughs> well, have you enjoyed it so far? Um, well, I've just been studying, so it's not, it's right. not very entertaining. But yeah. <laughs> it's a bit harsh. I mean, you, you, you do meet some nice people though, Sally. Like, you do get some goodwill out of it. Like, um, must be nice seeing like 
the faces that come to Old Trafford because I think the point that you get, especially Salim from this side of things, you, know, you just see so many people from so many different countries and places and I think that's the really cool thing about seeing United. Um, anywhere you go in the world, if you say the word Manchester, straight away they'll oh, say Manchester. You're right United. there. Yeah. Who have I, I spoken to today already? American. Where was he from? Oh no. You forgot Orlando, Orlando. No, right? Nashville. Second Where's time. Nashville? He was from Nashville. And it's the second time he's been here. The first time was in 2015 when we got beat by West Brom. So it was Orlando. So he's with his grandson today. I mean, I've spoke to um, a few Irish guys as well, which is pretty much the norm most home games. But you're right, you speak to people from all over the world. Sometimes it's the first time. Sometimes they get across once or twice a season. So that side of it I enjoy. And obviously the sun's out today. We're stood in the shade where we sell here on, on, the, uh, on the bridge. But, you know, it's better than uh, the conditions we normally uh, endure. Yeah. <laughs> to the day, it's the first like warm, relatively warm day of the year. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's eight degrees, but in the sun it's nice. Yeah. Uh, but again, we're stood in the shade. But I'll take this all day long. Right, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll leave you to it whilst I try and fix my uh, computer. Yeah, lights. good luck with that. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> nice one. <laughs> right, we're joined by Neil. He writes the transmission column for United We Stand. People might have read your pieces before, but for people that, that haven't, tell us a bit about what you write for the mag. Write about music is the uh, the very wide. Uh, description of it that's it right so, so why does a Manchester United fanzine need a music writer <laughs> I mean you have to ask the editor because <laughs> who uh, wants it to be in there I think um, there's a lot of similarities in music and football and how people uh, how they mean a lot to people's lives throughout everything that they do or at least to me anyway and I think those similarities are worth writing about and so a lot of the people that end up in the transmission page often often bring through those similarities in in their music as how hopefully readers do through watching football and yeah hope that gets across so you get many musicians that uh, read the mag yeah you get yeah. yeah you get people who read it you get people who've never read it people who go to the match people who don't go to the match and there's all different um all different aspects of how much they're either into football or not into football or into united or not into united but even if they're not they've they still connect with the city, hopefully, and they connect with the people and the ethos. And so, I, I hope I hope to draw out those kind of comparisons with. with yeah, because I remember chatting to a promoter that we both know, who was in the mag the other month, and he was like, "Oh, I don't know anything about football, but I know what United we stand is." Um, and I think that kind of cultural crossovers, kind of the great thing about, especially that column, because Manchester is a, a big music city. It's got loads of culture going for it, and like you were saying, the football is kind of kind of crosses over really between football and music. There's a huge crossover there, definitely. The fanzine, the fanzine doesn't exist to make money. It exists because, um, well, Andy started it for the purpose of getting getting his message out and what he wanted to say and representing the opinions of others. And musicians are very similar in that the majority of musicians don't start out to make money. They start out to get their message across, say what they want to say on behalf of themselves or others or whatever else. So there is a lot of parallels. So even the musicians that are in it that don't read it, they they appreciate that. They appreciate that the fanzine exists for 30 odd years on that basis. And I, I think that's why it, that's why it works well. But there are musicians who do read the fanzine because they're match goers or whatever else, and then we always have a chat about it. And um, yeah, I think that resonates as well. Because um, I think Tony Wilson used to be a fan of the, the mag I'm writing, I'm writing saying. Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think he's he a subscriber. Right, anyway, so today, Fulham at home, um, we stood in the lovely uh, Trafford, is it Town Hall that we're in? 
Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the gardens. Yeah. Um, great view of the sort of uh, police station. Nice, nice police station <laughs> opposite Cooker Ground, so sort of left hand side. Um, weather was okay. Sun's so, gone in yeah, now. Sun's gone in now. This. I know. Um, what do you think the score's going to be today? Uh, if you'd asked me 24 hours ago, <laughs> I'd have said comfortable United win, like I did last yeah. time I was on the pod. And on that occasion, I didn't realise Hoyland wasn't starting and we lost against Forest. And now Hoyland's not starting, I'm a bit worried again. I think we'll win today because their best player's out. Paulinho and we've we've hit a run of form, but I'm a bit nervous about Wednesday now. Why 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 are you concerned about Wednesday? We've not got our centre forward who's <laughs> banging form. <laughs> yeah, but I think this is the problem with United so far, especially under Ten Hag. It's always been squad depth. I think that's the reason last season when everything fell apart, when players started to get unfit or injuries started to happen. I think this is the the situation that Ratcliffe has. Um, on his hands is that they just need more players that are good enough sounds really obvious but squad depth just isn't there it's a bit it's it's lopsided isn't it we've, mm. we've suddenly not got anyone who can play left back comfortably and when Martin has, is out it's a huge miss huge miss. we've got other defenders in there but he gives so much more than just being you know a centre half that can do the job he's so much more than that so it's a massive miss and pretty shambolic really he's injured again <laughs> Um, midfield was starting to pick up and ev- everything was starting to pick up but now that now we've not got a reliable goal scorer up front it's where the goal's coming from James well good question what do you make of Ratcliffe's uh, thing that he said this week about Manchester because I've seen the fan base kind of split over him saying that he wants Old Trafford to be publicly funded and, and that sort of thing I mean on the one hand I get where he's coming from in the sense that a lot of the investment doesn't go into the north of England but at the same time kind of think a billionaire saying that he wants the government to help him build his stadium it's slightly conflicting to what he's saying yeah I can totally see that point of view totally see that I don't we'd have to see what he's actually asking for I don't think he'd be asking for the money to build a stadium but he might be asking for support with every everything that's going around it there's the council of Lee summit this week about the, the whole regeneration around the keys with building 10,000 homes and stuff like that and I'd imagine that it involves that element to it as well rather than just give us cash from a brand new stadium because that, I mean, it is ridiculous if that's what he's asking. I don't think it's no. that, but I think everything he's saying is the right things that a lot of United fans want to hear and it's it's quite refreshing to hear just some ambition again about what we can do as a football club in terms of winning matches but also as a club in the community and as, as a uh, standing in the city of Manchester which no one's done for mm. 20 years it's remarkable yeah, how much the, it's changed the Glazers never really uh, made it a thing that they were proud of visiting Manchester always kind of felt like a chore for them they didn't give a shit yeah. no they, 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 didn't, they didn't give a shit they yeah. weren't welcome from day one and they never tried to, to to try and win anyone over and want to be welcome either so there we have it right thanks Neil come on now now you're busting away you tit the referee has indicated a minimum of two minutes but it's time So, second half about to kick off, uh, United nil, full and nil. Both teams have had pretty good chances to be fair. Uh, United coming the closest hit in the post. Both teams have hit the woodwork before, Fernandez did the same thing. For United, um, been a pretty disappointing first half in that regard. In terms of finishing chances, it's been the same oh, thing yeah, that they did against Luton. GTA better at that, but 
to put the chances away second half, United should get the three points today because Fulham have not been that good going forward. Right, so we're with Harry after we're in the Pev in the beer garden after United of uh, with a floating mouse. Floating mouse, yeah. I mean, Stuart's already had a go at me for uh, the mouse situation. I think this is innovative, to be honest. Yeah, exactly the kind of innovation we'd like to you see know, from Sir Jim Ratcliffe is in, floating mice. And in, in journalism lectures, when they go, uh, you know, always have a plan B. This is what I've done. This is plan I've, fucking Z, mate. I've, I've bought a mouse. I've plugged it into my phone, <laughs> and it's it's fixed the screen. Yeah. I'm only just getting over it. So <laughs> you look you look ridiculous. Uh, but well, I'm pleased we can. I feel like um, I'm pleased you got into the game you, and you know your, one dodgy, of those, your like, dodgy mate in Salford sorted you out with this. But <laughs> there's like 2003 like web surface. He's got a mouse plugged into his phone. Or one of those 2024 nonsense he's got. Well, I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't want to think about that. Um, but yeah. United have just lost to Fulham 2-1. I don't you know why. You can tell because we're in a good mood. I don't know why you're laughing, to be honest with you. It's a, it's a very bad result sorry, for the sorry, football sorry, club. Sorry, um, What did you make of the performance today? Uh, insipid. It, yeah. it was rubbish, yeah. yeah. There was we, we played football for about 10 minutes near the end. And to be fair, it was rubbish. But given the luck we've had... Mm. Is it luck or is it... It's just the nature, you're playing with fire yeah. when you play in the way that Ten Hag plays at the moment. AG1 is empowering people to take ownership of their health. Designed by scientists, it's a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high-quality ingredients. AG1 is a powerfully simple supplement with vitamins, minerals, whole food source nutrients and more in a single scoop that takes seconds to mix each morning. It helps support your brain, your heart, energy and immune system. AG1 is designed to support the body's needs every day. It's here to make healthy habits beautifully easy. Just one scoop a day, one glass of water, all in less than one minute. Some of the benefits of AG1 include focus and energy, help with your immune health, stress and mood balance, healthy aging, nutrient replenishment, and help for your skin, hair and nails. There's vitamin A, biotin and zinc contribute to maintenance of normal skin. I'm taking it at the moment. It's an effortless daily habit. 
features the highest quality ingredients, the strictest manufacturing standards, and the cumulative benefits and long-term investment in your health. Well, I feel decent at the moment. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash United We Stand. That's drink, D-R-I-N-K, A-G and number one, dot com forward slash United We Stand. Check it out. And so, again, you're playing against a South London team. It was a nice sunny Saturday, 3pm. It felt a bit similar to Brentford. Yeah. But this time, it didn't go our way and it went the opposite. And that, that's the nature of... Of, of what's going to happen when you play it in this manner. You've, the injuries don't help at all. And I think maybe, well, we certainly played better with Hoyland and Shaw Martinez, but even just with Hoyland. But yeah, it, it's that's a consequence of what Ten Hag's doing at the moment. Really. I kind of feel like when United pushed everyone forward as well towards the end, even when they got the equaliser, obviously they had so many chances to win it, but it was like, you just opened yourself up here for Fulham to score every single time United move forward. Even yeah. when it was 1-1, it was like, you've got like one player back trying to yeah. defend them on the card. I, I wouldn't mind that mm. if it was a one-off thing that we do when we're chasing a winner. and We've just got one back and we're, we're chasing a 2-1 win. I wouldn't mind it, that if it was the only time. But let's be real, we've seen that away at Wolves when it was th- we were 3-2 up. And the reason we, Cobby Mahoney saves the day in the end, but the reason that had to happen is because we can see the third when Varane's charging back from a corner. I'm thinking just the, the lack of, of, of guile and game management is astonishing, really, given the number of senior players. Even And, and you could see it from quite early on. I think uh, it was around the 35, 40 minute mark. Casemiro was just inside Fulham's half and tried a back heel. And there were two United players back and there were three players, Fulham players on the halfway line. We got away with it, but Fulham did attack. And you just thought, if that's, and I'm not saying anything new here, but if that's the, if that's what the senior players are bringing here, how's that gonna rub off on the rest of the team? And, and well, you see how it rubs off on the rest of the team. You, you can see goals like that. Well, I thought the same thing was against Luton, to be honest. United scored two goals in the space of a few minutes and you're thinking, right, here we go easy game and then Luton get themselves back into it and you just think you know the management there in terms of you don't need to push everyone forward as soon as you've taken a two goal lead and I think today you know with 15-10 minutes to go it kind of felt like United were in control even though they were 1-0 down as soon as they got the equaliser I thought well that's it now but I just kind of felt like there was no uh, composure within the team it was always push forward push forward and you see players kicking out for a throw in you know committing unnecessary fouls Kind of feels like maybe a following with there, it would be a different thing, but they just seem to be uh, just panicking too much on the ball. Well, it's weird as well because there's, there's two ways of, of looking at this specific point. One is a team reflects its captain, mm. and United play like Bruno Fernandes play, and I love him, and I think he's great, but he makes some bad decisions sometimes. He's very frenetic in the way that he plays football. And that's exactly how United are. But you also think a manager, uh, a team reflects its, its manager. But you think about kind of Ten Hag's personality and what what we envisage him to be, which is a an organised, structured coach with quite harsh discipline and everything. 
and then you watch this team and you think those are two very different things where has this come from and so it's just baffling to it's very hard to get your head around this United team and who's who's got the influence there but it does I think since probably West Ham away it's very much felt like we were asking for what is United's identity all, all autumn we now know what United's identity is but it's a risky game and we've been pretty lucky to get the wins that we have this is one of those days where it doesn't come off if, if he thinks this is the only way to get to the end of the season and keep it respectable I understand that and let's be honest this is more entertaining than that autumn period where even when we were winning you were going this is just this is just boring and when we were losing it was boring as well at least this is bringing a few wins some excitement but it's not good enough for you but then, for your second season you know there's kind of no excuse especially when United are out of Europe this season they've got probably seven eight home games left this season I know they've got a difficult couple of, of games coming up but at the same time the excuse last season of all the players are unfit they're, they're fighting on three fronts that's understandable but when you've got the amount of gaps United have to between yeah. games you know, Fulham, they're a mid-table team, really. injuring our players. Exactly. But what, that, that shouldn't be happening when you've only got the Premier League to play for, really. No. Well, uh, there was an interesting quote from Ten Hag in his press conference about Hoyland's injury, where he said, "That's this is what can happen if you play and train at this intensity. And he thought, well, maybe, maybe don't do that, because it, it seems to keep happening. I don't know. I always think with conversations around injuries and and when people say oh, the, the medical department's rubbish that's probably it's none of us know what's going on there we don't know what we're talking about we can only assume you can get really bad luck maybe United have had bad luck but whatever the cause for it it's frustrating and hopefully it's one of those things that is maybe improved yeah the I, I think that's the thing that Ten Hag doesn't have control over the fact that Holland was injured today Fulham plays today, I think United win, and I think they take yeah. the, the chances that they've had. I mean, I don't really think United played that bad today. I just think the fact that they didn't have a, did. a focal point. You know, in terms of going forward, though, I think they created enough chances to win the game. Uh, uh, name, name one. Well, in terms of the chances that was cleared off the line in the first half. Yeah. In terms of towards the end, where after Maguire equalised, United were pushing was, forward uh, to get a winner. One, exactly. Yeah. There were three or four, I'd say, clear-cut chances for United to score. But Fulham yeah. hit the post. Exactly. And a couple of very close ones. But Anana tipping it over the bar. Haaland scores those goals. Uh, yes. But if you're... Mm. Clearing off the line is, mm. I think, a bit different because that's just good defending. Mm. McTominay should have scored. I don't know why. I mean, this is the problem when you've got you, a centre. You can't be relying on one opportunity. A midfielder in, in those chances. I don't know. Maybe maybe Holland wouldn't have squared it across goal, but still, the vision of McTominay, he's a midfielder. He's not a centre forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I always think with McTominay it's hard because I like him. Yeah. But when he doesn't do his magic trick of scoring late on, for example, Spurs at home about a month ago, it's so frustrating because you think this is yeah. this is your this season this is your role in the squad is to come on and finish those chances. McTominay doesn't you do know, it. You think, oh, he's a very likable person. I, I yeah. know I know exactly where the village comes from from Holton. It's not Lancaster. It's Holton, which is right next to it, which is where my nana lives. Everyone in the village knows him. The, 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 the postman knows him. The guy who runs the news agents knows him. 
he's a local hero in that village, right? But in terms of performances, he's such a frustrating player because he scores like goals. He's kind of got that sort of Fellaini vibe about him, whereby he's an important player to the squad. It's the Fellaini paradox. Yeah. yeah. You, you're glad. I'm glad he's there. Mm. I wish we didn't have to use him. Yeah. And then on days like today, you realise the downside of having to rely on that. If it doesn't come off, you're made to look like fools. Which you know happened. Yeah. We lost to Fulham for first. I, I've, I met a Fulham fan. After the game, and said, like, "When was the last time you beat us?" 2009, they beat us at Craven Cross. Yes, but when did? I don't know when they lost? 2003, I'm fairly certain when the house scored. Right, so we need to be signing Alex Awobi. Is what you're saying? Wow. <laughs> I was chatting. Funny enough, you oh, said that. No, I was chatting to a film fan at the bar, just where we were today, and he was like, "I don't understand um, how easy it was to beat United today." And that's pretty staggering from a Fulham fan who has seen their side be fairly average over the last few yeah, years. But name, yeah. Think about the teams who yeah. could have said that over the last yeah. years. Stoke, West Brom, Norwich. Fucking Rochdale took yeah. us the penalties. And I'm only naming a yeah. couple there, but I'm not going to list them all. He yeah. could go on. But it kind of feels like rinse and repeat whenever you meet a, a smaller team. I actually feel like, in terms of recent years, in terms of you know, your cities, your Liverpools, bar a few games at Old Trafford, United don't have a bad record against the big teams, but mm, Liverpool. you know, Liverpool maybe. But in terms of City, that, we've managed to that, keep things respectable. That, that period well, under Van Gaal, and, under Solskjaer, under Van Gaal, you know, it was relatively, you know, it was a good record they had. Um, but it's just a, it's a stag do that's just passed, or what is it? It's a stag do with a bloke, so. Right. Well, no, sorry, it's a Hindu with a bloke. Hindu with a bloke, sorry. So I, but he's not in a policeman's outfit no. or anything like that. So it's a large vape smoke that's just gone past us actually. Are you a fan of vaping or not? I, 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 fuck, no, I don't like it. I like the term vapists. Yeah, because it's too much of a cloud, isn't it? It's fucking annoying. It's annoying, yeah. Um, if you're going to ruin yourself, at least make it look cool. I know. And have some cigs. And they don't even smell nice either, that's the other thing. Uh, it's a couple of nice ones. But <laughs> imagine being in a smoking area of a, of a really established and cool club and coming with a, a vape. You know, I I, I'm so. not condoning cigarettes, by the way. They are bad for your health if anyone's listening that wants to quit. But vapes at the same time, you look very silly. I do think you look silly, yeah. yeah. And our mates are sat about a metre away and yeah. they'll be vaping. I tell them they look like cunts because they Yeah. Well, big, anyway. We got the six. Not that I have No. Looking forward to next week. United plays this week. Um, looking forward. Well, look, well you got to hope for some kind yeah. of Ole. I know he's not a manager, yeah. but some kind of Ole masterclass where you can go and do them at, at their ground. But I think you need someone to hold the ball up for those games. Every time we've won at City, even if it's been Martial, he, for all his faults, and he's a dickhead, he can hold the ball up. And that's what's helped Ole to win at the Etihad a few times. Who's going to do that this time with Ole now? No one. Yeah. And I think without that, and then you add the lost composure of the back with Shaw and Martinez missing. Yeah. I, I can normally envisage some way of beating City with our team. I'm really struggling for this. I, don't know, I feel like this season, especially because Klopp's announced he's leaving, there's almost like a, more of a competitiveness around him this season because obviously Arsenal is still pretty good. I just feel like City are one of those teams whereby Guardiola will, even though 
I don't know. I don't know whether he feels a bit burnt out or not or not. But it's kind of like the Ivan Drago of the Premier League, whereby they'll always find a way to get a result. You know. Yeah, they will. Yeah. And like you say it's misfortune having to face them at this time. It is a little bit, but I struggle to mm. see any way that they don't just roll us over. Yeah. So just keep it respectable, right? Yeah. But I mean, a nice six-three again. That'll do. I'm not sure about you, but I just wish we were in the Europa League or the Conference League towards the end of the season because yeah. I don't know about you, but I kind of miss the Euro away. It's massively this season. It's the first You're time in ages. That, I can say a controversial thing yeah. to say. Obviously, yeah. yeah. I would love to be in fucking yeah. Prague right now as Galatasaray. And now. they lost. That's the worst part. Yeah. We'll see who Prague get yeah. uh, Sparta get in the next round because it's always it's that harsh thing mm. you do to yourself where you look at who would we have played. Here's what you could have won. Yeah. yeah. And first start fucking Sparta Prague yeah. that would have been where's um, where's the final this season do you know Dublin ah <laughs> they don't even want to think about it do you remember the year when we could Wem- have had Wembley we, Champions League we could Dublin, have had the Super Europa, Cup final was it Dublin or Belfast when we lost to Villarreal yeah 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 and it was Budapest in the Europa League I know. we could have we we, had a final in Budapest the irony was Gdansk was a great city but only about 4,000 people got to see it that's yeah. the sad thing with when the last time United got to a European final um, like no one really went but I kind of feel that's the, that's the great thing about following United in Europe you, you visit so many cities where you, you, you would not visit normally as a, as a tourist yeah the entire of Spain well yeah I mean you feel the way I, else I, I listed yeah. I can't this is one of those things we're doing at the pub the other yeah. day and I thought this was about a yeah. year ago uh after we'd had our run of games against Barca and Atleti and Sevilla and Betis and whatever. And I listed the number of Spanish cities I'd been to and almost all of them were through following United. I'd been to one more English city than Spanish. I reckon I've been to all of Spain through United. In terms of, obviously, Betis... I missed Vigo, so I'm missing that corner of Spain. I did Bilbao on the way to Sevilla. We played Betis last season. So I've done Northern Spain. And Bilbao um, is the, yeah. we did the stadium tour of yeah. Athletics Ground. And it's the first ground that I went to, more than Spurs. Because mm. I'm still, Spurs is amazing. It, I know it's yeah. amazing, but it does feel like it's lacking identity. Yeah. But Athletics Ground, I don't know. It, well, it, it I kind of feel like a unique uh, exterior. Samames, the, the whole city builds up to it, and yeah. I know that's a, a cliche, but you literally walk through the city centre. I can't think of any grounds close to it. Maybe the Millennium Stadium in Cardiff, but where the, the stadium is the city centre, it's there. St James is a bit, maybe, yeah. But and the fact that it's m- fucking massive as well. But also, it's you know, got it's yeah. got something unique yeah. about it. What I don't like about Spurs is. Right, it's amazing yeah. inside, but the outside is just a load of plastic yeah. and glass, and you just think, why, why haven't you made something that really means, mm. kind of represents something of the community? And I don't know whether Athletics random shit yeah. on the outside represents community, but at least it looks cool. Yeah. So and, I, and there were I think Spain, a load of concrete space you know, with kids kicking a ball around. Spain, are, Spain are good at that. Um, I don't like to do this this podcast many times, but. Uh, Malaga's ground, the Lara Soleda, I may as well say it, but that is the same, similar sort of situation. A big concrete block in the city centre. It's a bit like Vallecas where Rayo play in, in Madrid. Yeah. You know, those city centre grounds where it's like 20, 30,000, where, you know, 
the city. I mean, a bit, slightly a bit like Old Trafford today. I was I was walking to the ground, and I kind of felt like the city came to a standstill today. The trams, the people walking towards the ground. You know when there's a game on at Old Trafford, whereas yeah. with the Etihad, it's kind of not really the same. It's a bit out of the way. Isn't yeah, it? it's his own. Uh, well, it's mm. sports city. They say it's wow. like it's, it's his sports own Washington area. city. Yeah, didn't want to say that. Nice. But, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Which I think United yeah. will be in 10 years, yeah. not Sports Washington, well it can yeah. hold Green Washington, yeah. um, but it will be, we, we will finally have Ed Woodward's vision of yeah. Manchester United world, that, that's not necessarily a bad mm. thing if it's done in the right way, what I, I just hope when that happens that mm. it involves local businesses, Yeah. because you think of all those, I mean, to be honest, the offering of shops and mm. bars and everything around Old Trafford is shit. So it's not saying there's loads of them, yeah. but the ones that are there, that will cripple yeah. their businesses when the Manchester United world is unveiled in however many years. Yeah. So whatever project happens, it has to involve and kind of try and it, generate. It does, some but at the same time, it's, it's such a difficult position you find yourself in because if that generates more jobs for those people that, that exist there. Gentrification is such a complicated issue because you go, well, we're going to invest loads of money and create more jobs in the long term, but in the short term, the people that have been doing it for 20, 30 years, your swag sellers, your bar owners, they're going to be disadvantaged in the long term. You know, gentrification works if everyone else is involved. And I think that's the problem with City is yeah. they're not. Yeah. And what I, yeah. The impression we get from United's new owners is they're very happy to upset yeah. people along the way to yeah. success. and that's essentially how you do well in life but mm. so there, there will be it's all been really positive so mm. far and everything you hear is, is really good and, and the way they speak is really good but I'm sure in the next couple of years there will be yeah. some some fairly tricky choices yeah. that they have to make which reflect badly on them and the club yeah. and it's up to every every fan individually to decide anyway. whether they think that's worth it or not City what's the score prediction? 4-1-2. Right. Thank you, Harry. Pleasure.